people want to feel connected. They want to learn. Mentoring does both those things. Yeah. They want to feel like they can make a difference. And that's where the, the lessons you learn in mentoring, like you're really learning how you personally make a difference to an organization. Welcome to Natural Tendencies. I'm your host, Rick Braden. Join us as we hear the real issues affecting real people that truly and deeply impact their work performance. Anxiety, depression, conflict, marital problems, trauma, grief, and loss. Right here, right now, right on! friend of mine, Eric Loyal, and Eric Loyal is the Chief Operating Officer of Service Systems Associates. I think it'd be good, Eric, to share a little bit about what you do and what your company does. Okay, first of all, it's not Service Systems Associates anymore. That's the name that we used when we didn't have any clients, but we wanted to sound like we did have systems and associates. But now that we do, we've shortened it to SSA. SSA. So we're a company that works with zoos, aquariums, museums, and attractions across the country. We have six clients now, and we do their food, catering, and retail operations for them. That's awesome. So we were together yesterday down at Cocoa Beach, and we started talking about the idea of mentoring. And it seemed to me that mentoring was something very important in your life. It's certainly something very important in my life. And I think we're both of the opinion that finding good mentors, having mentors as part of your life is important. And it's important for your business success. And I would say that that probably extends into your personal life too. So you had mentioned something I thought was fascinating when we were driving over about the idea of the mentor. You may choose this mentor and you maybe I maybe you idolize them or maybe you think that they're perfect or something like that. You have some kind of ideas and you made some comments about that. So would you expound on that? Well sure. I mean when I enter into a mentor-mentee relationship as the mentor, one of the first things we get off the table is that never look for your mentor. You might put them on a pedestal at some point because they're actually actively trying to engage with you and teach and coach and help you with your career. They may be in a higher position. It'd be natural to look for them to be uh, someone that you you know you think has figured it out. They've already they've already been promoted. They've they've achieved certain things. But don't confuse, don't get confused when you discover that they also have flaws too. So while you're in a mentor-mentee relationship, you can get so much out of it, but don't let yourself get so familiar that you find their flaws and become disappointed. Once you get that out of the way, now we have a safe zone. We can actually really uh, explore. Yeah, I, I, I think that's so powerful. And I, I've seen it so many times, Eric, where here's that person and they represent what everything in your mind, everything you think you want, and then, and, and then so you really get attached to that, and then all of a sudden, whatever that flaw is, whatever your hope was, you start seeing it in them, and it's so easy to then flip a switch and maybe go too far the other way, like, 
oh man, they're probably not the right person and, and just get into that whole mode and be so disappointed and then the whole focus goes to the negative. Right. Drink the Kool-Aid, but understand, you know, not all the Kool-Aid's healthy for you. <laughs> yeah. So I had an amazing first mentor and I was young and impressionable and, you know, I'm fortunate that almost 30 years later we still have a relationship. But certainly it's evolved over that time frame and there was times I looked to him and I'm like, well, you're, you've got it all wrong. But that's, that's focusing on the negative because he had taught me so much and it was way more positive than, than not. Yeah, so it's sort of the, and it's true in any relationship, right? We'll, we may start dating somebody and they're like the perfect person for us. And, and then at some point the honeymoon ends or gets disrupted. Yeah. So now what? Well, now we're on to a different conversation. <laughs> we'll go back to saying that you know, we talk about the risks of mentoring and exposing yourself. The benefits uh, are amazing. They were amazing for me personally, and they're amazing for a company to have a culture where everyone really kind of spends significant time and energy mentoring, teaching, and developing. It makes people feel more engaged. You know, people want to especially our industry where we have a lot of people in their first management job or maybe even their first job. People want to feel connected. They want to learn. Mentoring does both those things. Yeah. They want to feel like they can make a difference. And that's where the, the lessons you learn in mentoring, like you're really learning how you personally make a difference to an organization. And so for me, it started, I was 19 years old. I didn't even realize it. I thought I was in a summer job. I mean, I wasn't really thinking this working at this amusement park in the food stands was my future career. But here comes this individual who's in his late 40s, basically the same age I am now, that actually took an interest, not in just making sure I did my $5 an hour job correctly, but in teaching me the industry, teaching me things that were way unnecessary for my job at the moment. But not only did that prepare me and give me some skills, but also I was like, wow, this person's actually taking an interest and spending his time with me. And I thought he was just doing that with me, but that's what he did for anyone that he found interesting or had potential. He did that day in, day out. Wow. And the way he did it was so simple. He had a two uh, pieces of paper that someone else had typed for him because he doesn't do computers. He's old school. And on those two pieces of paper were all his top 30 lessons. And he'd go over them again and again and again. So we drill in the basics of the 30 things on how to be successful in this industry. And I still know them today. But then, over time, it morphs on to trying to teach you everything about his theories on life, how to dress, how to save money, his religious beliefs, which I did not adopt. <laughs> but that was pretty, you know, pretty impactful to have someone in the business setting almost take relationship on like a, a friend or a parent or a, mm -hmm. and here I am today still in the business because of him, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. So if we can do that as a company, have more people doing that, it just makes other people out there, gives them something to grab onto, gives them skills, it develops our future workforce. So I'm going on a bit of a tirade right here, but it's, it's pretty, pretty important to who we are. Oh, I completely agree, and, and if you look at any of the literature about what, what do people, and I'm not sure, it's, it, maybe it's every generation since the beginning of time, what do they most want out of a job and development is always near the top of the list, whether it be professional or personal, some kind of development, some kind of opportunity. And it's interesting because if, if your mentor wouldn't have 
paid attention to you and actually put time, invested time and energy and teachings into you consistently, there's a high probability we wouldn't be sitting here. Exactly. I'd be an engineer somewhere. Yeah, that's what you're... Where Bob is right now. Yeah, yeah. It's so true. And so then you talked about two types of mentoring. There's the, there's the one that you choose. You find that person that you aspire to be like or learn their skills. And you sort of make that choice and try to cultivate the relationship proactively. And then you mentioned another type of mentoring relationship that's common that has different dynamics. Yeah, so there's the, a the natural mentoring, so the person that reports to you, if you're a good leader, you just naturally want to mentor them, train them, teach them, it's part of the job. Uh, you may have hired them, you know, people, when you hire people, you've, you're already attracted to them for some reason, there's some sort of connection, and that's a good natural foundation of mentorship in a culture. Something I've learned in the last decade is that the company can also nudge you to do mentoring in different ways. And we have in our, our company a formal mentorship program where you're paired with someone that's, you can apply, so it's a volunteer basis, both to be a mentee or a mentor, and the company will, will match make you with someone. And this is where you're paired with intentionally someone that doesn't look like you, doesn't maybe have the same race, gender, background, maybe in the different divisions in the company, and pair those people together. And then with a curriculum that's kind of um, spelled out, but really it's really kick-starting, uh, kind of nudging you into a relationship. And those can even be more rewarding. I've had more joy from being paired with people that are no, nothing like me in background, but finding that connection. And then I get more out of the mentor-mentee relationship when we do that. And sometimes the personality types can be quite different, and those differences can create some tensions or some conflicts or just some disruption. Yes, but then you get comfortable with that, and you get com so it's oh, more complex. So, so you pay, so let's let's just talk about the the labels. I am a white, middle-aged, grew up in suburbia, male, heterosexual. Pair me with someone that's got a different ethnic background, that grew up in the inner city, that has a different sexual orientation, different religion. Pair me with that and find our connection. And then all of a sudden now I'm, I see that strength this person has. Nothing from a totally different angle. Promote that person. Not only does it help me as a human, now our company has some strength that maybe decades ago leaders didn't do that. Yeah. How? And so it's more complex. It is. To, it, to be good at that, I have to learn some things, right? Yeah, but definitely. It makes it stronger. It's more complex. It's more diverse. We talk about. We talked about a lesson I learned from the renowned ecologist John Milton, and he was talking to me about ecosystems. And within a business, you have an ecosystem. You have people, you have families, you have clients, you have all of these relationships that are in that ecosystem. And he talked about two factors that healthy ecosystems have in common, and it's complexity and diversity. So the most stable ecosystems like a rainforest have a tremendous amount of complexity and diversity. And so when things happen in those systems, the entire ecosystem tends to bounce back pretty quickly. The most fragile ecosystems are lacking that diversity, lacking that complexity, 
and it makes them very fragile, the most fragile being the polar ice caps. So it's really interesting to me that, like you said, you listed all of these things that you are, how you were raised, ethnicity, uh, gender, uh, sexual orientation, all of these things, and by, by pairing with that person that's so different, you're right, there is an element of complexity, and that complexity at first can be a bit disquieting. And if you just take that initial reaction, you're like, oh, this isn't good. Okay, so the feelings immediately might be, oh, this is not good, or this is bad, or this isn't going to work. Or am I going to say the wrong word? Or I'm going to say the wrong word. That's a great example. But then sticking with it, being committed to it, it starts to morph, and those initial thoughts and feelings can change. And then this sort of, I don't know if it's an equality or uh, expanding your own comfort zone. They're learning about you. You're learning back about them. And then it, it, I, I would think it, it could create a really richer, deeper system. Yes. So for sure, it's more rewarding wow. in a different way because I get more out of it than training a younger version of me, which yeah. is also very rewarding. Yeah. When I get to grow and learn as a person, then when it works and everyone's doing this in a company and all of a sudden we look totally different, not only is it a more fun, productive place to be, talk about ca casting a wider net for talent. Oh. We are a comfortable place for anyone. Doesn't really, we don't care about all the, those things that don't matter. We want more different. And so if you, you know, we're in the war for talent. We, we've got something for everybody. Come on in. Yeah, so, so you've learned to embrace this diversity and embrace this complexity with all of its challenges because out of those challenges there can be some amazing rewards. I, I didn't yes. even think about how rewarding it would be for you because I've been thinking from the vantage point of the, the mentee, but it, it really is you're learning from them, they're learning for you. And in healthy relationships, that's the game. 100%. Yeah. As long as they don't put me on a pedestal and then hate me when they discover my flaws. It really works well. I have, a, I have an idea that you set that stage really well to prepare them for that side because you're pretty self-aware. Well, my entire career, until the current, my current company, I always looked up and was like, come on, what are you doing up there? <laughs> <laughs> but then you get up there and you realize what, you're a little bit of that. But uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. So SSA has been around for a while, second-generation family-owned business. I believe it started around 1970, and the founder was basically just out there doing concessions, right? Just popcorn, peanuts, whatever, and got a good gig with a larger, I think it was Denver Stadium, wasn't it? One of the first larger clients, and yes. then it sort of expanded from there. So you really are a service-oriented organization. We are. And the values really are around family and and like you said, I love the idea of expanding the net, and it's really morphed and, and evolved and has embraced that diversity. And, and from what I've seen, just trying to create this sort of equality around the things that often don't happen. And from that, good has emerged. Yes, and, we, and we've gone from a, a one-man small company to now a medium, mid-market-sized company that's Evolved. We have our cores, but we've evolved in a lot of different ways. So the formal mentoring program that was started at SSA is pretty new. 
yes. the formal program. I think this is the second year or third, or is it older well, than that? Maybe the fourth. Oh, is it the fourth? It was actually, so it, we, we started with the diversity and inclusion program. And after lots of debate, the leaders of that decided that the mentorship was the most powerful tool they could start with. So there's awareness training and there's, but let's just start connecting people. And a lot of that connecting people is investing that time, that energy. There's a commitment to sort of face-to-face -face time. You're really yes. investing. Yeah, you have to have a financial component there because you do face-to-face -face is more powerful. We can do a lot with online these days, but you know, connecting people. We're, we're in 30 cities, 60 accounts, 30 cities. We're spread out. We're a bunch of silos. So we have yeah. to use dollars and travel and tools to put people together. You know, it's, in, it's interesting to me because I work with a very many diverse populations across the country as well. And I just, in doing that, I've learned to assess where somebody's true priorities are. And you can do that very quickly. And one way that I do it is I figure out where they spend their time and where they spend their money. So regardless of what they share with me as their priorities or their values, as I have them describe a typical week to me, and I see where they spend their time and where they spend their money, that's what, what they really value. I just took that test. <laughs> I'm not sure I was 100% honest in my money because I don't know if that's going to be published. But. <laughs> well, 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 you're talking about the company spending money and spending time. Right. So that tells me mentorship is a priority yes in the company it's yes. not just talked about it's not part of your plaque of vision vision or value statement that's on the wall it's a living real right. thing that's being invested in and what's neat about the about the formal one that we have is that you put a little structure to it <clears throat> we could actually you start adopting some of those structures in your informal where you're just kind of mentor you now we do use the E3 test. That's the very first assignment for a mentee-mentor relationship is you're going to go through the E3 together. Mm -hmm. And you're going to actually talk about strengths, weaknesses, tendencies, and it's okay. Yeah. So you write, right, right when you get through that, you're breaking down some, some walls. And, Definitely. You know, you may have complete different backgrounds, but you both have this really dominant score. Let's, what's that, how does that manifest in you? Like, that's a, it's safe to talk. It's a safe zone to talk about, right? Because it's not, yeah. it's kind of, scientific yeah exactly and that's it and I'm, I obviously I'm thankful that you're using that the tool the e3 and the tool Eric's referring to is an assessment that we developed maybe 11 years ago that really highlights people's behavioral tendencies and their hot buttons the, the, their motivators and when you see that in another person and you open that dialogue and you see how that, like dominance, you mentioned dominant, being a dominant person, how does that help you? And, and if it's overly dominant, how does that hold you back? And so if you can sort of figure that out with somebody quickly, it really does create a lot of common ground and, and really oftentimes I've seen it sort of dissolve differences, dissolve conflicts, just because both parties or a group are getting a greater understanding of the other person immediately. And actually, that whole idea of gaining a better understanding, I tend to believe is sort of at the core of conflict resolution in general. So if we can reframe 
from passing judgment and locking in a fixed idea of who that person is and we can remain a little more flexible then as we gain that understanding I've seen long-standing conflicts just sort of dissipate and resolve very quickly. Well, I would, I would add to that that it, it accelerates the learning curve. So in a structured mental relationship, we don't, you haven't been spending the last two years in proximity of each other, so that's where you can learn. That exercise really kind of catches you up to speed pretty quickly. Yeah, that's On idea. who's what and what, what drives them. And, and people feel very comfortable talking about it. So that's actually the very first of eight modules that we go through. That's awesome. That's so awesome. So on the subject of mentoring, certainly Eric and I share the value both being mentors and actively being mentees. And I think that's part of it too, that there are areas that we can teach, that we have experience in, that we have expertise in, and there's areas that we don't and we need mentors throughout the lifespan. And we can find those. Right. And so that selection process can be something that we proactively seek, which certainly encourage, and it can also be something that the company sort of nudges you into. If there's an open mind, if there's this realization that the, the person has their own flaws, if we want to call them that, their own... Don't look for me to teach you about technology. It's just not going to happen. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> We're looking to Bob for technology. He's running our technology right now. So is there anything else on this subject of mentoring? Have we covered sort of, is there anything else that comes to mind as we sort of wrap this up that you would want to share? I would just say that it's probably the most rewarding part of being a leader. And it's, it's nice to tell my boss that my original mentee that we're still in a relationship and I can be grateful and thankful for that time he gave and then I took that lesson and I try to apply some of that and you see other people develop and have better lives, and that's, it doesn't so, get any better than that. So the relationship you started with your mentor, how old were you? I was 19. And you're 47 now? 48. 48. Yeah. So you're pushing 30 years. Yeah. I am the age about he was when I met him, which is really scary. I remember what I, how I viewed him. Some of the way people view you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can see why you idolized him, you know it. <laughs> He was a. <laughs> he was weird and he wanted Right, to I like away. this. This is my space. We that's need this barrier. Judge, yeah, that, yeah, that's the judge he's making is push him away. So. <laughs> All right, man, I think that's a wrap. Yeah, thanks. At Behavioral Essentials, we intend to help a lot of people. And today we hope we helped you. So join us for our next session. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And visit our website at behavioralessentials.com. Thanks for listening.